0: Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that likes to think it has an impact on the property world. And today we're doing that by taking a look at the world of impact investing.
1: Five years ago, I guess, it was a footnote, you know, do you do it? Tick, you're done. Now everyone wants to understand, do you do it? But how do you do it? And what is your strategy for maximising the returns from that area?
0: And doing it is one thing, measuring it another. So we'll be asking whether anyone's worked out the right metrics yet.
2: There's a lot of scorecards available for people who want to to look at that. However, my personal view is it's moved on from there, and that is just the starting point to what is going to be the longer-term benefit. And actually, the, the, the real impact is going to be the sustainability of that income and the use of that building going forward. I'm Guy Ruddle, and with me
0: in the studio today are Simon Hope, who's Head of Global Capital Markets at Savills. Morning, Simon. How are you? In good shape, thank you. Nice to see you again. Lucy Winterburn is a director of investment at Savills Investment Management. She's currently responsible for well. We before we started recording this, I said six hundred and fifty million pounds of assets under management, but we'd got to seven hundred and fifty before we press record. Are we staying at seven hundred and fifty, or are we that's going
1: probably a good level? Yeah. Okay, seven
0: hundred and fifty <laughs> million pounds of assets under management is what Lucy is responsible for. And Alex Moss is the director of the Real Estate Research Centre at Cass Business School. Alex welcome to you.
2: Thank you very much. Hello.
0: Uh, Now let's start then with a nice simple question. What is impact investing? Does anybody want who wants to have a go at what impact investing is Alex?
2: Well, from my point of view, I think impacting investing is very important but it has to be seen within the whole context of the new ESG framework that we're looking at. So it's very much a holistic approach to the impact you have on the surrounding environment, about the longevity of the asset, the impact you have on everything including the financial returns. Historically, the property industry's been very good at focusing purely on financial returns. People are now looking at the impact that building has on the surrounding environment, on the people who occupy the building, as well as the financial returns. So, for me, that's what impact investing is all about.
0: So, you know, you've already slipped in a, a three letter abbreviation there of uh, ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance. What does it all mean? <laughs>
1: I, th- I think it's just a, a new way of looking, at, or, or another facet to owning assets fundamentally. And whereas before, as Alex said, we we were looking at purely financial returns. Really, in terms of did it make did it make sense to own that asset? Was it going to deliver the financial returns we were looking for? I think we're now all being called to think a bit more holistically about how we own assets. What what that what impact that asset is going to have um, and whether it's going to be it may be right today but is it going to be right in 10 15 20 years time so it's the the longevity of an asset and whether it's it's going to be right for uh, as an investment in the future and not just today
0: which is a nice way of looking at it but it, you know you could look at it the other way around and that is that funds trusts etc are expected to now be able to say we are sustainable. They can't really get away with not having one, Simon.
3: No, I think investor values are definitely shifting towards sustainable uh, investment solutions. There's also research which MSCI took out uh, did in back in 2017 um, that, that suggests there's a correlation between share price performance um, and, and how companies scores from an ESG perspective. So that's around decision making, that's around governance, exec pay. So you can look at the you know, negative and positive around that. There's a social piece in terms of you know, succession planning, graduate intake, working conditions. And then you know, everyone looks at it as gender diversity, but it's way more than just gender diversity. You, know, you look at uh, buildings, you know, how much carbon have they got baked into them in terms of the bricks, the steels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, water capture or loss. So there's climate, there's pollution, yeah, waste, yeah, all of this. Look at the fashion industry. Yeah, how much how much of that uh, of that throwaway fashion ends up in landfill? All of these questions. Is it
0: relevant? Ask the young ask the young it's highly relevant well, yeah you could ask the young but actually more maybe sort of close to home you ask the investors 550 odd million pounds uh, billion pounds is invested in impact investing methods mm-hmm. but that's in total only 52 billion is invested in real estate in 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 that way, that's, you know, so it's a a much smaller percentage. and, And I just question whether real estate is sort of keeping up with everything with everything else in this area.
2: Well, I I think it is, because if you look at the numbers you just quoted, that broadly equates to the size of the real estate market relative to the investable market in terms of equities, private equity, et cetera, et cetera. And certainly if you take account the incredible valuations of the technology companies at the moment. Um, But the point I would make about the investors is that nowadays, a lot of the investors are driving this agenda. And unless you do have an idea of your impact investment strategy, your ESG strategy, you won't be able to access that capital So it's gone from what you were saying earlier, purely a regulatory restrictive framework, which is what CSR was, towards um, very much a financial based uh, framework, such that you won't get the capital from the large Dutch pension funds. And if you do have a good strategy, then you'll be able to get cheaper debt, as we've seen recently with Great Portland and Dermot London.
1: And we're seeing that definitely from the investment management side of of life in terms of any pitches that we're going for, any new money that's coming towards us. The uh, ESG, but social particularly, is definitely um, at the top of the agenda in terms of people wanting to understand how you can make a difference, how you can differentiate yourself from another uh, investment manager in terms of being able to uh, invest that money and invest that money smartly so that they can um, say they're doing that that element of, of uh, investing so it, it it was so low down on the agenda five years ago i guess it was a footnote you know do you do it tick you're done now everyone wants to understand do you do it but how do you do it and what is your strategy for maximizing the returns from that area
0: So let's talk then about that. Let's talk about how you do it. Thank you, Lucy. That's a perfect segue. (laughs) Is it as simple as investing in ecologically good buildings or is it sectors or, or, or what is it? So, so you, you, if you extended
3: real estate to include infrastructure, which you should, yeah, you, you can look at the green energy uh, area, which is wind farms, which is solar panels, which is forestry. Um, so uh, we, uh, as a house, Savills, you know, historic linkage you know, into the rural side of the business, a lot of the farmland sales last year were for afforestation rather than deforestation. Yeah, it's affecting a whole range of different areas rather than just the simple filing cash- Cabinet office building yeah which local authorities are starting to say you can't just take that down you've got an awful lot of baked in carbon there so think to the future it is it, hitting a number of different areas rather
0: than just pure thoroughbred real estate there's only so much money that can go into wind farms and and, and, and forestry though what, what other sectors that are that are likely to benefit from this
2: Well, I I think when you talk about impact investing, it's part of one of these mega trends of urbanisation. So we were talking about repurposing shopping centres as one example, where you'd add health centres and you'd add sort of financial centres as well. Also, in terms of urbanisation, you have a great level of um, change within the people who are living there, senior living, um, health accommodation, etc, etc. So it's effectively, to Simon's point, the social fabric of society is changing and the real estate world is changing to accommodate that change, which is where you get the, the impact Investing
0: coming through. So, do you think in those areas where people are shifting from, say, investing in traditional office buildings to more stuff like social housing or life sciences, and health centres, and, and, and all that sort of, are, are the values of those types of property going to go up?
1: I think that's a tricky one because I think um, a, a lot of the um, repurposing of, of assets. We had a shopping centre in the home counties that was anchored by Waitrose waitress decided it was no longer fit for purpose, moved out. Suddenly we've got a shopping centre where we don't have an anchor anymore. The only way we could make that centre work was by going for a planning application that built a load of flats over the top of it. And our new anchor was a health centre. And that's quite a fundamental change to how an asset operates, how an, how an asset works. Um, big tick for social impact, but a very very um, different way of doing things because fundamentally the flats were going to be sold off as uppers, and you're left with a with a, a, a surgery, doctor surgery, albeit a whizzy one, with um, on, on a 25 year lease, but as a as a as a slice of an asset rather than the whole asset, and so that that then creates something that's a bit different to what we're used to as a as a traditional investor. Um, so it's
0: hard to measure the, you know, the whether the price is changing mm-hmm. because of that, but does it mean that maybe it opens? opens up more potential investors perhaps to to new things if if people are looking for assets yeah i think which so which they can you know the, other, in the that. other
1: thing is that the, the the concept of an alternative investment i mean alternatives that were alternatives five years ago are no longer alternatives you know they are now mainstream so we do now own hospitals and we do now own um doctor surgeries and housing and uh, care homes and you know they're all things that people are very happy now to invest in whereas you know not that long ago they were considered to be a sort of avant-garde and not the thing that you wanted to be in.
2: And the, and the reason I think investors are keen to go into those areas and you've seen this particularly in the last five to six years is because they can see the long-term structural growth whereas shopping centres have been around for and supermarkets have been around for sort of 40, 50 years. They've had this long uninterrupted period and now because of e-commerce and shopping changes that's come to an end whereas in fact you can see huge demand over the next 20 years for these new alternative classes.
1: But, but where you where you live, where you work, where you shop um, we are demanding different things of those buildings now than we were 10-15 years ago you know they are they are fundamentally different things whereas 10 years ago if you, if a tenant was coming forward to buy to take space in an office building actually the prop the, the property guy was at the bottom of the pile and it was the finance director at the top who was making all the decisions I think now that's that's shifted a bit because now people are very conscious that you need good people to work for for, for your company and therefore if your building isn't fit for purpose um, and perhaps doesn't have those green ticks um, people won't, won't want to be there so they're going to lose their workforce so there's this sort of whole thing around making our buildings work better and be better
3: so so uh, linking the, the the real estate piece into the life science uh, area we're starting to see that coming to the UK. Yeah, We've got four out of the top ten universities in the world. Yeah, it is Oxford for medicine particularly, but, but also economics and a number of other areas uh, in terms of physics. Cambridge, life sciences, world leader, uh, UCL and Imperial. And so there are sizable uh, amounts of capital being allocated to these projects in the life science field.
0: So, uh, but I I, don't know, I I was the one who originally mentioned life sciences, so it's my fault, but w- hmm. why is is that impact investing i mean what, what what's impactful about investing in life sciences so so you're hoping that the 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 one of these teams
3: is going to crack cancer one of these teams is going to crack cystic fibrosis which it looks as though they are doing you know it, it, you look at the uh, vmac the vaccine company sponsored by government um you know, have gone into oxford you know, we need a vaccine to to
0: to, to crack crack this coronavirus What we haven't got to is how any of this stuff is actually, Alex, properly measured. Because, you know, it's easy to measure financial return. Yeah. It's much harder to measure this sort of stuff. Well, is anybody doing it?
2: It is and it isn't. So if you look at the large pension funds, so, so the whole point about this is the people with the, the greatest area of interest to hear is the people with the, longest, uh, with the greatest longevity of capital. So the long-term pension funds are the people who are interested because they're investing for 30 years. So what they're looking at, is specifically on an individual asset basis and a company basis, how sustainable is that business model? How sustainable is that building? And what is the impact of that building going to be not just now and in two years, but in twenty, thirty years time. And they will ask lots of questions from the developer, from the asset manager before investing in that. And if you can't answer the questions, you won't get the capital.
0: But is there a, you know, a metrics require uh, a sort of unit of measurement somehow? Are there any units of measurement in this? Has anybody come up with a way of saying that gets... 20 points. Yes,
2: so so, so there are a whole range within um, the sustainability side of it so there's things like GRESB and the rest of it so there's a lot of scorecards available for people who want to, to look at that however my personal view is it's moved on from there and that is just the starting point to what is going to be the longer term benefit and actually the, the, the real impact is going to be the sustainability of that income and the use of that building going forward and whether, when you have to replace it, what sort of materials you're going to replace it with etc etc so I, there are lots of benchmarks around but i'm wary of actually just looking at a single figure for measuring these issues
0: because of, I, I suppose i mean there's a lot of nodding going on and lucy the the you know what alex has tackled is the easy bit <laughs> which is <because laughs> typical alex the, the easy bit which is you know sustainability and all that sort of, but you were talking earlier about how vital or how big an element social impact is in this I and mean, that must i mean you know it would make my headache to try and measure the social impact of a building or whatever. It,
1: it's pretty tricky. Um, and it's probably the hardest one to measure. I mean, we, we subscribe to Gresby. And that's Sorry, what's to that? Gresby, which is the Global Real Estate Sustainability, sustainability Benchmark, um, which is, I think, seen as, as a bit of a sort of market leader in terms of the way that you measure sustainability. And it's very, very easy to measure how much gas electricity water you use because you look at your your utility bills um and you can even talk about epcs and whether you've got BRIAM or whether you've got a scar gold rating, you know, all those things are measurable but your your social impact i mean i think as far as gresby is concerned it's more uh, you have to put in the box Um, examples of where you feel you've made a social impact I'm not entirely certain how they really measure it but you have to give examples of where you've done something that's gone beyond just your standard investment
0: and Simon is that a problem when Lucy says well you have to fill in some write some words in a box and stuff that's not proper measurement is it uh, no, I, I think if you
3: if you split it between public and private, in, in, in terms of the public markets the private market, yeah, th- there will come a time where where um, you 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 will need a scorecard for a building. As to its you know, its ESG rating, its its carbon usage, etc, cetera, etc, cetera. Define liquidity, you know, speed speed and you know, pace to turn into cash. So, so if you're going to strip out a portion of the market because your building doesn't conform, or or your your asset management company doesn't conform, more importantly, in terms of your your your, your ESG rating, then you're not gonna get the capital, you're not gonna get the capital for your building. Mm. So it is gonna have an impact, it's gotta play its way out so it's more e- easily measurable.
1: And, and logically, if you do tick the boxes, your asset should be worth more than the one that doesn't? I mean that's just yeah. obvious. So you 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 have a much more liquid asset assignment say, which then should protect your value, which is
0: one thing we haven't talked about that much actually is existing buildings you know lucy for you for instance you know you 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 run a portfolio which has a lot of existing buildings are there moves to do things to those buildings to change them or do you just accept that that side does that and we'll invest in other stuff that's more esg no i
1: don't i don't think you can sort of pigeonhole assets i mean there are there are assets that are easier to make better Um, from an ESG perspective than others. Um, So a single-let shopping centre to a Sainsbury's where they have control of their their repairing obligation and they pay you four cheques a year. Unless Sainsbury's want to engage and do things to their building, there's very little you can do to make them behave in in a better way other than perhaps putting some clauses in their leases maybe a green lease to encourage them to to uh, make alterations in a in a sustainable way Um, where you have control of common parts where you have a multi-let building there is much more ability to try and then um, make differences to buildings. so on our portfolio we only use green energy so that's something that we've bought in as a as a standard across our um, portfolio and working with our property managers we you know we try and make sure that All of our budgets include an element of of trying to improve the ESG ratings of our buildings. And then I would say actually through development is the real way that you can make a difference. So when you have a building um, that is not fit for purpose anymore, like we had a building um, that was a 1930s massive shed, but it was it it was north lit. It was low eaves height. It was full of asbestos. Well, that building needs to be bought down and replaced with a new building. So there are ways of absolute sort of degrees of of um esg in in owning assets but i don't think you can say well i can do something on that one but i can't do it on the other one you've got to do the whole lot
0: in my experience uh, around this whole area of of you know esg and everything this is a world which is changing very very fast property Hmm. is a world that changes quite slowly is there a problem there Alex.
2: Well, I I I think what you say is true. However, a point that Simon made, the listed property sector changes very very rapidly as well, and that tends to feed through to the unlisted sector and the direct property market. I would say there is a time lag uh, and that's why you see um, these issues arising far more for new developments than for existing buildings. But I think the property industry, having been you know relatively relaxed about the entire topic, say four or five years ago, is now coming very quickly up to speed and trying to address these issues as quickly as possible.
1: You're either on the SG bus or you're not. And if you're not then you're going to get left behind. So it's, it's from, from what I'm seeing in terms of both existing investors and new investors, they're all very keen on this and they want to be seen to be doing it and they want to understand how you are going to help them do it.
3: And I think in terms of access to capital, you know, when the likes of um, BlackRock say um, we're not going to invest in, you know, in companies that don't conform, that aren't you know, compatible with what, what the world wants, is it a fad? No. Is it for real? Undoubtedly.
0: Right. Well, that, that's an excellent way, Simon, of drawing that uh, part of the conversation to a close. Now, time for the Savile standout statistic. You've all been warned. A little, a little nugget of informational thought that just leaves people with a final sort of, oh, that's interesting type thing. Who's going to go first, Simon? Why don't you go first? What is your Savile standout statistic today? In, in,
3: in, in the UK real estate market, the insurance companies are a significant part of it. Over a, over a fifth uh, of those insurance companies are developing impact funds to for, for their investor base.
2: Alex? Um, so because of the growth in urbanisation that we've seen, I'd like to remind people that 75% of the world's natural resources are consumed in cities. Wow, 75%. 75%.
0: Lucy, what's your Stavels standout stat?
1: Um, it's not really a stat, but um, just listening to what we've all been saying today um, and knowing what the investor demand is, I'm absolutely certain that Stavels investment management will be launching a social impact fund in the very near future.
0: Ooh. We might have a story out of that. <laughs> Guys, thank you all very much. I mean, that's just it's such an enormous subject, and we could talk for hours and hours and hours. But uh, I hope we've covered enough of it and given people a flavor of, of what it's all about. Thank you very much for being here and doing that for us. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. Usually I would just at this point say you could go to the research section of the Savils website for more information, research..co.uk uh, slash research. And you can, you can get all sorts of stuff there. But on this topic, you can go to other places as well. For instance, Lucy, the Savills Investment Manager website has information, right?
1: Yes, at savillsim.com.
2: And Alex, Cass Business School? Yes, cass.city.ac.uk.
0: If we've done nothing else today, we've read out a load of e- uh, uh, website addresses. That's fantastic. Thank you all again for being here. Uh, thank you very much for listening. If you want to become a subscriber to Real Estate Insights and you haven't already become one, you can do so using your usual podcast provider. In the meantime, thanks for listening, as I say. See you next time.